You're listening to Morning Short, the podcast that brings you one great short story every morning. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any podcast app you like. Today's story is The Lost Decade by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Morning Short survives on the generosity of listeners like you who share our stories with their friends and family and rate us five stars on iTunes. To get your personal invitation link, go to share.morningshort.com. And now to the story. All sorts of people came into the offices of the News Weekly, and Orison Brown had all sorts of relations with them. Outside of office hours, he was one of the editors. During work time, he was simply a curly-haired man who, a year before, had edited the Dartmouth Jack-O-Lantern, and was now only too glad to take the undesirable assignments around the office, from straightening out illegible copy to playing callboy without the title. He had seen this visitor go into the editor's office, a pale, tall man of forty with blonde, statuesque hair, and a manner that was neither shy nor timid, nor otherworldly like a monk, but something of all three. The name on his card, Louis Trimble, evoked some vague memory, but having nothing to start on, Orison did not puzzle over it, until a buzzer sounded on his desk, and previous experience warned him that Mr. Trimble was to be his first course at lunch. Mr. Trimble? Mr. Brown, said the source of all luncheon money. Orison, Mr. Trimble's been away a long time. Or, he feels it's a long time, almost twelve years. But some people would consider themselves lucky to have missed the last decade. That's so, said Orison. I can't lunch today, continued his chief. Take him to Voisson or 21 or anywhere he'd like. Mr. Trimble feels there's lots of things he hasn't seen. Trimble demurred politely. Oh, I can get around. I know it, old boy. Nobody knew this place like you did once. And if Brown tries to explain the horseless carriage, just send him back here to me. And you'll be back yourself by four, won't you? Orison got his hat. You've been away ten years? he asked while they went down in the elevator. They'd begun the Empire State Building, said Trimble. What does that add up to? About 1928. But as the chief said, you've been lucky to miss a lot. As a feeler, he added probably had more interesting things to look at? Can't say I have. They reached the street, and the way Trimble's face tightened at the roar of traffic made Orison take one more guess. You've been out of civilization? In a sense. The words were spoken in such a measured way that Orison concluded this man wouldn't talk unless he wanted to, and simultaneously wondered if he could have possibly spent the thirties in prison or an insane asylum. This is the famous twenty-one, he said. Do you think you'd rather eat somewhere else? Trimble paused, looking carefully at the brownstone house. I can remember when the name twenty-one got to be famous, he said, about the same year as Moriarty's. Then he continued almost apologetically. I thought we might walk up Fifth Avenue about five minutes and eat wherever we happened to be, some place with young people to look at. Orison gave him a quick glance and once again thought of bars and gray walls and bars. He wondered if his duties included introducing Mr. Trimble to complacent girls. But Mr. Trimble didn't look as if that was in his mind. The dominant expression was of absolute and deep-seated curiosity, 
and Orison attempted to connect the name with Admiral Byrd's hideout at the South Pole, or flyers lost in Brazilian jungles. He was, or he had been, quite a fellow, that was obvious. But the only definite clue to his environment, and to Orison the clue that led nowhere, was his countryman's obedience to the traffic lights and his predilection for walking on the side next to the shops and not the street. Once he stopped and gazed into a haberdasher's window. Crepe ties, he said. I haven't seen one since I left college. Where'd you go? Massachusetts Tech. Great place. I'm going to take a look at it next week. Let's eat somewhere along here. They were in the upper fifties. You choose. There was a good restaurant with a little awning just around the corner. What do you want to see most? Orison asked as they sat down. Trimble considered. Well, the back of people's heads, he suggested. Their necks, how their heads are joined to their bodies. I'd like to hear what those two little girls are saying to their father. Not exactly what they're saying, but whether the words float or submerge, how their mouths shut when they've finished speaking. Just a matter of rhythm. Cole Porter came back to the States in 1928 because he felt there were new rhythms around. Orison was sure he had his clue now, and with nice delicacy did not pursue it by a millimeter, even suppressing a sudden desire to say there was a fine concert in Carnegie Hall tonight. The weight of spoons, said Trimble, so light, a little bowl with a stick attached. The cast in that waiter's eye. I knew him once but he wouldn't remember me. But as they left the restaurant, the same waiter looked at Trimble rather puzzled, as if he almost knew him. When they were outside, Orison laughed. <laughs> After ten years, people will forget. Oh, I had dinner there last May. He broke off in an abrupt manner. It was all kind of nutsy, Orison decided, and changed himself suddenly into a guide. From here you get a good candid focus on Rockefeller Center, he pointed out with spirit and the Chrysler Building, and the Armistead Building, the daddy of all the new ones. The Armistead Building, Trimble rubber-necked obediently. Yes, I designed it. Orison shook his head cheerfully. He was used to going out with all kinds of people, but that stuff about having been in the restaurant last May. He paused by the brass entablature in the cornerstone of the building. Erected 1928, it said. Trimble nodded. But I was taken drunk that year, every which way drunk, so I never saw it before now. Oh, Orison hesitated. Like to go in now? I've been in it, lots of times, but I've never seen it. And now it isn't what I want to see. I wouldn't ever be able to see it now. I simply want to see how people walk and what their clothes and shoes and hats are made of, and their eyes and hands. Would you mind shaking hands with me? Not at all, sir. Thanks. Thanks. That's very kind. I suppose it looks strange, but people will think we're saying goodbye. I'm going to walk up the avenue for a while, so we will say goodbye. Tell your office I'll be in at four. Orison looked after him when he started out, half expecting him to turn into a bar but there was nothing about him that suggested or ever had suggested drink. Jesus, he said to himself, drunk for ten years. He felt suddenly of the texture of his own coat, 
and then he reached out and pressed his thumb against the granite of the building by his side. If you enjoyed this story, share Morning Short with your friends, your co-workers, your barista, that guy next to you at the gym, and that girl across from you on the train. Use your personal invitation link when you go to share.morningshort.com. And if you do that, you just may earn amazing Morning Short swag. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us five stars. It only takes a minute, but it really helps us to continue to make these. Learn more about the Morning Short Project and sign up for our daily emails at morningshort.com.